Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, beautiful human. Thanks for tapping on our conversation with Troy Sivan. He is back. He is a new era of music that is slowly coming into fruition. It starts with Angel Baby, plus he has a movie on the way. So we have a lot to discuss with Troy. And boy, does he have a lot to say. Please share this podcast with those you care about. Subscribe and enjoy. Hello, beautiful human. I'm Zach. That's Dan. And we're here with a nervous choice of on in a, thumper, hey. in a thumper vest. In a thumper vest that I didn't know was thumper until you told me. But yeah, it's thumper. A Disney Love icon. Mm. <laughs> I love him so much. Apparently so. I Actually, I think I just gendered thumper and I, I shouldn't have. Because I don't know Thumper's gender, and that's wrong of me. Did you say he or she? I did say he, and I assumed. And you know what they say when you assume? You make an ass out of you and me. Oh. Wow. According to Wikipedia, Thumper is a boy. Okay. Oh, there it is. There. And the internet doesn't lie. Ever. Never. <laughs> that's what I hear. Ever, yeah. It's an honor to have you here. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here. I haven't been here in a really long time. I also just, like, haven't really done an interview in a long time. Like, I've done little ones, but... Not like a big one. And you had a release in the middle of 2020. Yeah. Was Do you look back at 2020 and feel like you needed to get In a Dream out into the world and that was the right decision? Yeah, I mean, like, it was honestly a bit of a bummer because, like, I think I realized that the thing about releasing music is you get all of these really, like, tactile, real-life experiences around mm-hmm. the release that make you feel like you've released something. And I had none of that. So I may as well, like, I felt like I was just like posting an Instagram or something like that. You know, it's like only now that I'm back in America, I played a little show a couple of weeks ago and people were like singing the songs and stuff. And that's when you're like, oh, wait, damn, I like released music last year. Because other than that, it was just like a bit, I don't know. You're distant from it. Yeah, exactly. It, was, it wasn't that fun. But did you need to make the music for yourself? Well, so I made the music before the pandemic. Oh. Um, most of it. Yeah, like I think we were doing little final touches and stuff, but um, most of it was done just before. And so I was sitting on it and I think it was like 100% a panic response. I was like, the world is falling apart. I'm pretty what? sure I just like lost my job. <laughs> Let me like make sure that I still am doing what I want to do. And so, um, yeah, like I think I was in Australia for maybe like 10 days it was like March of 2020, basically. And I like panicked and was like, let's release these songs that I have. Why did you feel like you lost your job? Because the world shut down and... Well, I mean, I literally lost my job at that time because I was filming a movie in Atlanta and then we got shut down. So it was like... And have they ever picked up? Yeah, we finished it in... It was like miraculous. It was peak COVID. We came back in, I think it was October of 2020. And we were in like... Miami and stuff where like no one was wearing masks and we were just testing like three times a week we had little zones that we you know didn't wow. leave we didn't like we were fully in a bubble and no one got COVID it was incredible though because like we were shooting in public spaces sometimes and we were like oh everyone's gonna be wearing masks in the background like how are we gonna get these people that are in the background of the shots and like not you, a single mask in sight when you shoot in Florida <laughs> yeah so that was like, like one of the pros of shooting there is it stressful to be an actor in that situation and to embody other emotions when you kind of have to park the panorama at the door? Yeah, I mean, there was always panorama drama on set. So it was like, it was, you had to kind of really separate from it and and try and just like remember what it was like to not be in a pandemic. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I felt really safe, though, so that was good. Like, on the set, I felt I felt completely safe, so it was cool to be able to just, like... It was actually a nice distraction from everything that was going on. Why did you take on the movie in the first place? Why did you feel like you needed to act again? I loved the script, like, so much. Um, it's a movie called Three Months, and it is... I don't really know how much I'm allowed to say, but, like, 
you know what? I'm sure they'll be fine. Um, it's this movie about a boy who has a one night stand and um, gets a text a few days later saying like, hey, I just tested positive for HIV, so you should go get tested. And he goes to get tested and the doctor's like, well, you need to wait for it to like incubate in your system if you, if you do have it. And he says, well, how long do I have to wait? And the doctor says three months. And then it's like weirdly a coming of age like comedy. It, it's the producers of Juno are making it. So oh, it's like wow. really similar in tone. You know, it's like Juno is about teen pregnancy, but it's still like somehow makes you feel good. And so it's, it's really similar in tone to that. And it's my first lead in an American movie. And um, I just like fell in love with it. And now I've seen it and I'm really proud of it. So, yeah, we'll see. That's incredibly exciting. Mm. How do you get into that mindset to, to imagine like you're somebody going through those three months where you don't know what's going to happen? I mean, I think firstly, it was weird that we were making a movie about an epidemic and then a pandemic hits and we like are all waiting constantly. We get shut down. We have to wait for God knows how long until we can start filming again. So I think everyone became super aware of feelings that I think maybe audiences wouldn't have been able to relate to before. Um, obviously it's on a completely different scale, but, um, but yeah, that, that like health anxiety and, and um, that, limbo that feeling of limbo became extremely extremely clear what you know what that feels like to everyone um but yeah I mean it it was cool because I think you know as an actor I was wondering because like I've never trained as an actor or anything like that and that is like a great source of insecurity for me um but I was just kind of trusting the people around me that were saying like no you know you're like good at this and this is this is going well um but i was curious like am i gonna have to like imagine my dog dying to cry or like you know how am i gonna where am i gonna pull from and ultimately i ended up really really it sounds crazy and like such an actory thing to say but i like formed a relationship with the character that i was playing that like i just cared about him so much and so it, it ended up being I ended up just like pulling from a space of empathy where I was like damn I really really like this kid and I wish the best for him and I'm like scared for him and I hope that he's gonna be okay you know what I mean like yeah. um so yeah it was cool you kind of exist in a space where you don't see yourself as a character but you're still two different people in like the most wanky way yeah like that sounds insufferable but yeah what, I I do what is it like to watch that well, I mean, that's the goal, I guess, is to, like, separate so that when I'm watching the movie, I don't feel like I'm watching myself, you know? Yeah. And, like, of course, you, you can't ever get around that. And I think that's also kind of, like, a thing that comes with having spent so much time, um, you know, music is, like, all about you. And it's, like, you are the whole brand and you are the thing that people know and it's all about your personality and stuff. And also before that, I was on YouTube and that was all about, like, personality and me and everything. I think I, like, needed to make that separation otherwise it just would have felt like like a fraud you know i get that that's when you're watching on the i mean i guess they sent you a screener or you went to a theater or whatever like mm. i mean that's a lot of you on the screen mm. playing somebody else like mm -hmm. is it weird to watch it was yeah i mean the first time i watched it it was like just very overwhelming and you know i'm thinking about like oh i remember that day this happened or this was right before we got shut down or whatever, you know, you're thinking about like the memories that you have attached to filming. And only when I watched it with friends and family where they don't know any of that, I kind of could like put myself in their shoes and it felt like I was watching it for the first time. Um, and that was when I got excited because I was like, I, I could feel their energy. And then it was cool because like my best, best, best friend, she and I have been best friends since we were like two. She immediately after the movie was asking me questions not about like what it was like to film it and stuff but she was asking me like about Caleb the character and like you know what what happens here and you know it was it felt like she really was like drawn into the story and she knows me better than pretty much anyone else so it's like that made me excited that she saw Caleb and not Troy you know is that like a sign that you did a good job I don't know 
We'll see. Do you do you feel like you've done a good job? Even I, though the world hasn't seen it yet? I feel like I did. I feel like I of course I can like always there's always stuff that I want to do better and um I don't think that'll ever go away. But um Yeah, I don't know. I mean like I will I will relax, I think, when people watch the movie and if they like it then I'll then I'll be able to relax. But it's like the same reason why I've never called myself an actor because it's like music you can I've had all of these experiences that affirmed me all along the way like yeah you're doing great or yeah people are singing at a, at a show like how can you kind of ignore that whereas with acting it is sort of like releasing the EP where it's like you do the thing in this vacuum and then it just like goes out and um until people see it you really don't know like how it's going to be received or anything when will you call yourself an actor because the weird thing is you and I did an interview a long time ago when you were a kid and you were in the X-Men movie. You interviewed me for that? Over the phone. What? The year that was, was like 2009. Literally. Wow. I mean, dude, I'm an old person. Wow. Same apparently. Um, <laughs> that's so, crazy. So you had been in movies before. Obviously. Yeah. A couple of them. I think maybe I just need to go to like some classes. Because I don't know. I'm like, I think it's like this thing of. You know, like if your instincts are good, then that's cool and you should go with it. And, you know, clearly something's working out. But then there's like also just imposter syndrome of like, oh, um, am I getting cast in this because I already have a platform or, you know, so I like insist on auditioning for stuff all the time because I like want to prove to myself that yeah. I can do it, you know. Um, yeah, maybe maybe after this one, I'll <laughs> I'll start saying I'm an actor. You'll add it to your resume? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I've done acting. Am I an actor? Not yet. You know? <laughs> I feel like a lot of life happens to you between um, In a Dream and Angel Baby. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the most life? Mm-hmm. Can you describe what a power bottom ballad is? Um, sure. I, I mean, to me, it's like the the feel of the song just felt so like gushy and and like <laughs> that sounds gross in this context um <laughs> it just felt really like it felt so maximalist and like um like giving it all to someone you know what i mean and i think that that is an emotion that i'm familiar with and you know it just like felt um yeah, I just feel like I was, like, laying it on thick. And it, it felt cool. Like, because I didn't write the chorus on that song, mm. which that was kind of like a pandemic thing was I was not in the studio and was, like, desperate to be creative. And so they sent me, uh, my friend Sarah, who wrote it, um, she sent me the chorus. And I was, like, it felt like one of those, like, forever choruses. Like, one of you know, a chorus has just kind of existed in u- the universe somehow, mm-hmm. you know? Um and so I was like, okay, I really don't want to mess this up. And it feels, it feels like camp and it feels full on, but in like the most satisfying way. Yeah, like anthemic, but also fulfilling. Totally. And yeah, it, it's been in my head since this first listen. Okay, nice. It's really great. Yeah, so then I, I just was like, okay, this sounds fun to try. And within this like massive, massive chorus, how can I like find myself and find my story? And so then I ended up writing the verses as the verses and the bridge. Um, and I just like didn't touch the chorus because I thought it was perfect. Um, yeah, that's kind of how it all happened. Yeah, but where does it come from emotionally? It sounds like you're making a plea to somebody. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes from like feeling really spent emotionally and like romantically and kind of like burnt a little bit. And the thing one of the things that has pulled me through those feelings is like the fantasy of what could be in the future and i don't know if it's like real or if it's actually going to happen or anything like that but the idea that someone could come and like sweep you off your feet and take away all of that pain from the past um 
I wanted to explore that. So the song starts being super, you know, like broken. And then in the pre-chorus, there's this like, again, very sort of camp, like cinematic, like you came out of the blue on a rainy night. And it's like all of these like romantic tropes of, of yeah, someone kind of classically coming and sweeping you off your feet. I'll fall in love with the little things, counting the tattoos on your skin. Tell me a secret and baby, I'll keep it. And maybe we can play house for the weekend. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So do you explore this only after experiencing it or do you explore it after like desiring it and not having it? No, I definitely experienced it. I, yeah, I, I've like for sure, for sure, for sure been very deep in love. And I think like the hope and like the fantasy comes from, um, you know, an experience like that can really, really shape you as a person and can kind of like, it's an up and then a, a big down as well. And so I think the the idea is that like when you're in that lowest low, maybe the only thing that can save you is like someone else coming along, which is probably problematic. Like I should have become cyclical. Right. But like or you rely on it when that person who brought you up, the, the you know, that last time ends yeah. up leaving you in a down place. Yeah. It's like I think it's probably something that is healthier to like go to therapy and become become okay being by yourself rather than like relying on some prince charming to come save the day you know i feel are you okay with being by yourself um sometimes like i i'm much 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 better now i i you have tiktok i have tiktok <laughs> which is such a lifesaver your tiktoks um, bring me joy oh thank you but like i'm not kidding having social media really 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 makes it like so much easier um the other night I accidentally had a shrimp burrito and I'm allergic. It was supposed to be chicken, right? Yeah, it was supposed to be chicken. And I was having an allergic reaction and I lived by myself. And even though the reaction was like fine, my throat was itching. I was like, <clears throat> and I might, of course, like I start spiraling and I'm like, I'm going to have an anaphylactic reaction for the first time in my life. Naturally. And I'm alone and I'm like 15 minutes from the closest hospital so the ambulance is going to take like probably 20 minutes to Jesus, get to me. You're 50 minutes from the closest hospital. Where yeah. Do you live? I live up in the hills. Um, and so I was fully like spiraling. So you go to TikTok? And I took, uh, I drove to my manager's house. He lives really close. And I took an antihistamine. Okay. And so I knew I was going to be okay. But I still had this anxiety of like, you know, I'm Googling like how long until you get an anaphylactic reaction to see if I'm like, in the clear yet you know and while i'm like panicking i open twitter and tiktok and i start like talking to these people that i've never met on the internet to kind of like update them on what's going on and in that moment i didn't feel like i was by myself you know so it really does help it's nice it's nice but you want to be okay with being by yourself but do you feel like you have good friends around you yeah i do i mean the thing is, so I basically moved to Australia um, throughout COVID and so much became so clear to me, like family and friends and what I just like want from my life. And now um, I have great friends here and everything, but I also am just like very clear on um, the way I want to kind of like split my time. And so even when I am alone here um, and I feel lonely, I kind of know that I have this foundation to rely on back in Australia. Yeah, it's only temporary. Yeah, exactly. So it makes it less, like, of a scary feeling. LA's the lonely part? Um, yeah. Yeah. What do you want from your life? Um, I want, I think, like, one thing that I realized is that, like, I don't, not to say that I ever, 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 ever could be, but, like, I don't have any desire to be, like... Beyonce level or like Taylor Swift level, like famous or successful. But does that change? Did what do you, you want that one? Did I you think want when that I was before? a kid, like uh, when I was, you know, like I idolized Michael Jackson when I was a kid, and like, yeah, I guess like my thought prior would have been like, why stop? You know, like if it's if things are going well, just like kind of keep going. Um, and now it's like I really, really am just. I think removing myself from like LA and from the industry for a year and a half and having such a fulfilling, exciting life. Like, I'm not kidding. 
I got to the point where in Australia I was as excited to have a dinner party where I was cooking <laughs> that like I would be, the feeling is not that different from like going to the Met Gala or something like that. <laughs> where I'm just like, like these are both scratching different parts of my brain for sure. But and equally. I love both things. Yeah. And like, I think I just sort of realized that I am exactly where I want to be. And so it, it took a lot of the, the pressure off. Um, so yeah, now I'm just like, I want to do stuff that's fun and I want to do stuff because I love, 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 love what I do. Um, but all of the sort of like extra pressure has, has kind of like gone out the window. But isn't it funny that like when you come to that realization, like you had a great year. I mean, you, at least from where I'm sitting, mm. is one of your most successful songs. No, I think it like is. Yeah, yeah. like it's. No, it's weird. And, and the thing is that like, you know, in Australia, I was having some anxiety about like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen when I get back to America. Like, is this, is this all, like, is this my life now forever? Yeah. My, my life in Australia. <laughs> Dinner you know? parties. Dinner parties. And spiders. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and I got back and was like thrown straight into the deep end. And I was having so much fun. Like so, so, yeah, so much fun. Because it was new again. Yeah. And, I, and I'm just like, I remembered how much I love, love, love my job. And so... Yeah, it's like it's cool. I've got I've got a really nice balance now where um I I just have this like renewed excitement, but it's like it's weird. The second I stopped caring as much, things have just been going like really well and um there's like a lot of really exciting things coming that are pushing me way out of my comfort zone and um and I I'm just like along for the ride now with the safety of knowing that if all of this was to disappear tomorrow and I go back to Australia, Life's great. I'm still okay. That's you know? Awesome. Yeah. What else are you thinking over there, Daniel? Oh, sorry. I mean, you have a, you have your screen set up. Yeah. I, right. I wanted Dan to watch your TikToks this morning. Oh. I'm, a, I'm a big Troy Savon TikTok fan. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. There have been a couple moments where I'm like, I wonder, I'm like, is Troy okay? Right. Um, <laughs> Like what? Uh, I mean, I, I don't have any of the TikToks top of mind. Right, right, right. But there right. have been moments where I'm like, you know. But like, what are the concerns? Uh, I mean, you, you definitely flirt with people over the app. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is, how do you find love? Are you even looking? Do you even give a about it? I definitely give a about it. Um, I don't know yet. Are you on apps or anything? Yeah. What are you on? Um, A couple. Are you on Tinder? Yeah. <laughs> I definitely saw you the other day. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, no, but like I can't really take it seriously. Like I I got banned on Hinge <laughs> because I... It's not really you? Yeah. People <laughs> were reporting me and I, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> I messaged Hinge on Instagram, like at Hinge. And I was like, hey, um, I got banned. Can I have my account back, please? And they were like, we're so sorry. Yep, 100%. They gave me my account back. A week later, I got banned again. Oh, a week geez. later, I got banned. And now they've ghosted me. Hinge won't reply to me. You know. <laughs> so I'm. They don't want you. I'm permanently <laughs> off Hinge. It's weird. I saw you on Tinder, but I have not seen you on Raya. Really? Yeah, the one app I think you should be on. Well, the, like I said, the thing is that I don't really take them seriously. I think for me, it's like a, a self-soothing thing where I'm like, yeah. knowing that they're there it's is annoying. nice. It's weird. Yeah. But like, because it makes me feel like I'm proactively doing something. But um, in the end of the day, like. I've been on maybe like one or two dates from an app. From Tinder in specific? No, 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 no. I've never met anyone from Tinder. Yeah. Do people That's actually real... believe it's you? No. Yeah, I wouldn't Which think also makes would. me feel fine. <laughs> like, I'm okay with that. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't take it serious. That's, it is weirdly validating, you know, when people. Well, yeah, it's just like a nice way to sort of feel like you're taking an active role, even though I'm completely, completely no. not. Um, it makes me at least feel like I'm trying i've met two people from tinder in the probably like eight years i've been on the app or something right that's, yeah. that's actually the number i feel like i'm much more likely to meet someone through friends or yes. um something like that out and about yeah How much i also for, don't really like messaging so like I, I mean, i'm a voice memo person oh yeah i don't do my thumbs have better things to do okay whoa like what i don't know <laughs> i'll get you a list okay <laughs> um but yeah, no, no typing for me. I, I and a face to face communication. Mm. I'll even mm -hmm. a good FaceTime. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And lately I've done this thing where like I try and not look at people's Instagrams after I've met them because like I think it I'll have an impression of someone from meeting them in real life. Mm. And then I go on Instagram and I like get the ick from like a cheesy caption or something like that. And um I don't want that to be a thing for me. So I'm trying to not like I think real life is where it's at. If you feel like a connection with someone or you just like like their vibe, even just as a friend or something like that, um, it's better. We're separating identities. Yeah. Because it's true. Like you can see something that someone posts and you can be turned off to them and then you could be missing out on a good thing. Exactly. You never know. When you go back to Australia, does Nash stay here? Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. He's a pit bull. So he's um, banned in Australia. Like I'm banned on Hinge. He's banned in Australia. Um <laughs> So he can't come ever, um, but it's okay because um, he like has a great life here, and yeah, it's all good. No, he's a he lives a great life. Hey, what made you want to get a pit bull? Because like, I mean, just looking at you, if I was to meet you, I would I wouldn't think like this guy's gonna go adopt a pit bull. I don't, I, I call bull. I think your dog looks like you. And I was really? really thinking about that this morning as I debated bringing my dog in. Mm. And I was like, you know, usually people tell me that I look like my dog. Yeah. And then I was wondering, like, do you look like your dog? And the answer is yes. Honestly, this sounds so weird, but that's a huge compliment to me because <laughs> I think he's a very handsome, like, I think if he was a human, he would be hot. Yeah. You know, like he's like <laughs> I, got cool. He's got this like cool factor because he's got he's like all black with this white face. It's very chic. Um, yeah, and sounds like oh, you're describing yourself. Like, how cool does he look? A little yeah. photo that works. Come on, that's you though. Do they not look like everybody in the room? I mean, uh, Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, everybody nods in approval because they're afraid to disagree. <laughs> I don't um, see it. Get the f- out of here. But also, I I like grew up with pit bulls. They're the sweetest, sweetest, sweetest dogs in the world. And so. you rescued them from my friends at Wags and Walks. Mm-hmm. We should put a link in the description. So. If you happen to be like looking for a dog, they have a place in Nashville, a place in LA. Yep. They're great. They're the best. They really are. And the, your dogs are beautiful. Thank you. Uh, there was a song that you had in a dream, Could Cry Just Thinking About You. It starts as like a 52 second song, right? And then you choose to extend it. First question is why? And then the sec- second question is which came first, the longer version and then mm. you cut? Or is it the shorter version and then you choose to extend? So with Could Cry, that was like truly one of those moments where I was like songwriting is like saving my life. Like I was really, really in the thick of it and just like going through it. And I wrote it um, in my kitchen. My friend Teo, who I'd been working with, Teo Harm, he's like got the most beautiful, beautiful sounds and he had sent me a track and it was that. And so I wrote it by myself in my kitchen and like, recorded it in my kitchen and that's like the version that you hear on in a dream and it sounds like kind of bad but like it just was a very 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 like real heavy moment for me and I was like crying when I was writing it and all this stuff anyways because of the context in which I wrote it I didn't take it very seriously as a song like I was like oh this is just like a song that I wrote in my kitchen and recorded in my kitchen but why do you not take that seriously when that's like the most vulnerable you I mean, I don't know. I probably should have, but like, it just didn't feel legit for some reason. And so I decided to make it just like an interlude on the, because I I knew that I loved it, but I I put it out as an interlude on the EP and people really responded to it. And then when I was doing this like performance video um, of the EP, I sang the full version and the reaction was just like insane and still like at the moment, if I meet people out and about um, and they like tell me that they like my music, they talk about that song and they talk about um, my house <laughs> in Australia. Um, and so it just like has really shaken me that that's the one that people have connected with the most. Yeah, I don't but what know. does that tell you as you move forward and create? Well, that was the thing is that like I, I voice noted Teo the other day actually to say to him like just how grateful I am because it completely, completely reminded me of like why I make music and what it's all about and um, what it's capable of for me personally as far as like working through stuff but then also what it's capable of, you know. For others. Like it was an interlude and people come up to me and and talk to me about it and 
And so it was just a very pure, like, songwriting moment where I, I felt like, wow, I, this, this is amazing. To be able to write songs is just, like, the coolest thing. What did it get you through? Like, a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, it just was, like, I think, you know, there's stuff that you say, you would say it in, like, a journal, you would say it to your therapist, You'd maybe say it to your best friend. And for some reason, for me, I would also say it in a song. And other than that, like, I don't really, like, feel super comfortable talking about of it. Course. But, um, but yeah, it just, like, it's like my inner thoughts, basically. Do you have enough uh, music right now for a new album? No. Um, no. I am writing right now and, like, having the best time doing it. And... I think I'm going to take kind of like a a bit of a casual approach because like I just really want, you know, I put out an EP and so I I might like release a song here or there. Like Angel Baby is kind of like a standalone song. I think I want to do maybe like one or two more of those just because I'm really enjoying that process. But I really do want to um, like hunker down and make like an album at some point. But I want to do it when I've got the time to, to do it and... Um, and like really do it properly and i think the next few months is just going to be a little bit tough to do that do you feel like you've released your best song or is the best yet uh, like best still to come i think the best is still to come yeah i i wrote a song like maybe like two weeks ago that i really 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 love what's um, different about that song compared to all the others it's it's like could cry-esque in the fact that it's um i wrote it by myself and it it sort of like tells a story perfectly in my opinion like it feels like it you know it's like i think the goal for me with songwriting is like you can tell someone your story or you can like make them feel it you know and like that's where the magic is to me and i feel like it, it i use the word magic on purpose because it's like impossible to make it happen just again you know yeah if it happens it happens and like no matter who you're writing with or how good of a writer you are or whatever some days it's just like there and some days it's not and it's very rare and so i feel like i like caught this thing and um it everything about it feels the way that i want it to feel is accepting the rarity of like creating a song that makes you feel like a part of the process because i feel like you've done that before and then Maybe all you want to do after that is duplicate exactly what you did that last time. Mm. And then maybe they just don't hit the same. Well, that's the thing. I've never really, like, taken one of my own songs into the studio and been like, let's make this again, but, like, a bit different. Like, that's not exciting to me. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, when I first started writing music, I used to get, like, so, so, so down when I would have a bad writing day. And now that I've done it enough times, I kind of accept, like you said, I accept that it's rare. I accept that it's, like, this magical elusive thing that's not necessarily like don't place all of your self-worth on that um some days it's gonna happen some days it's not and that's okay well that's it like i wouldn't be obsessed with making the exact same thing that i made before i'd be obsessed with duplicating the ingredients mm. so like that energy or whatever could maybe come again yeah i mean i i definitely would love to like try and replicate a feeling like i if i if i could write another song that that replicate that replicates the way that my 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 made me feel like just as far as like that specific energy uh, that would be cool and like i would do that but i would just never bring it into the studio and be like i want to make this like it's it's got to happen sort of by accident otherwise it doesn't feel genuine to me that song's so good and now it's in my head thanks nice really what are you thinking do you have any more images or do you set up the tv screen just to show the dog no i do have more images okay got i it. think maybe we should Figure out this debate. Ah, oh, what is this? Hold on, hold on. Are you okay? There it is. Timothy Chalamet or Harry Styles? Ooh. Oh, age-old question. <laughs> um, I have never met Harry Styles, and I met Timothy Chalamet for the first time at the Met. And um, no, I really don't know. It's like it's genuinely a, a tough question. I I honestly feel like. I feel like kind of a because if I was to 
have any sort of experience with either of them, I would be so caught up in the fact that that was Harry Styles or Timothy yeah, Chalamet. That is actually so like, happening. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a a good partner, <laughs> or b like I just don't think I'd be present. I feel like I'd be doing it for the wrong reasons. reasons. You know, you. if they weren't them and I met them on the street, I'd be like, wow, that guy's so hot, and like, go for it. But because they are who they are, like, I, I don't think I'd be able to get past it. What was it like when you met Timothy? Were you nervous? I was a little bit nervous, yeah. Um, it was nice, though. He, like, I don't think I would have gone up to him and spoken to him because I'm, I just, like, don't, I don't know. I'm, like, socially a bit nervous about that kind of stuff, especially if I think someone's cool. Um, but him and I sort of, like, locked eyes, and he was the one that was like, oh, hey, what's up? And so then I was like, okay, this is happening be cool um and then we we talked for a while actually it was really nice we we spoke about how um we have like exactly the same body from the head down like when i was watching call me by your name down to his like nipples i was like this is me (laughs) you could like chop the head off and tell me that that was me in that movie and i would believe you um and i know my body well so, yeah, we spoke about that. <laughs> Maybe that was weird of me to bring up no, to I him, didn't. but I did. Oh, yeah, I didn't your nipples, nipples remind me. No, it was, no yeah. I didn't talk about the nipples. I, mean, I was we, just like, we are the same. Do we exchange information or do you just go your separate ways? No, we that? just sort of went our separate ways. Maybe, maybe he was freaked out. Well, you never, I mean, next time yeah. you'll run into him. Yeah, next time I won't talk about it. Okay. Was, this, was this before or after you guys met? Before. Oh. Yeah. And do you think he saw this? I posted it after. I don't think he's seen it. Prayer circle that Timothy is feeling bi-curious and single tonight. I just thought that was funny. (laughs) I just thought it was funny. Like, I don't take TikTok seriously at all. Don't ever believe anything I say on there. But do you want to hook up with somebody who has the same exact body as you? Isn't that weird? I guess I'm, like, curious about it. Like, you know, like... You're like, oh, this is what it feels like to sleep with me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like some mirrors. Yeah. Cool. Is that it? Yeah, I mean that goes better than I could couldn't have gone any better. I'm just I'm just looking forward to the time you meet Harry Styles and what that first conversation is going to be like. Yeah, I don't know. You really have never met him. I've never met him. Wow, never met him. Maybe He's... that's like on purpose because I've spoken about Harry Styles a lot throughout the years, just like about how much I like him. So maybe it's by design. He's like <laughs> he avoids you. Yeah. Maybe. I'm sure that's very present on Like, his maybe mind. there's a restraining order and I just don't know, you know? <laughs> his team keeps the paths clear. Well, the funny thing is that his team is my team. So, <laughs> so they really do I really do think it's like strategic that we haven't met. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I've met Harry Styles. I mean, at a certain point, you meet somebody once and you keep running into them. So I've run into Harry Styles, and it's like, a lot. Like, I'm, What's that like? Uh, incredible, actually. Really? Uh, yeah, the last time... Well, he had called into our show during the pandemic, but before that, uh, we talked at the Black Pink concert at the Forum, mm. and the, the, I mean, his eyes are gorgeous and intense and beautiful, mm. and yeah, it's nice. It was very, almost spiritual. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, I feel like he's one of those people who I imagine has like a real like aura around him. He seems so nice and yeah. lovely. But so do you. Thanks. And also like, you know, that type of energy attracts one another. So what are you saying? I'm just, I'm, I yeah. mean, you know, if you're ever in the same room, you may like, you know, you may lock eyes the same way you locked eyes okay. with Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's yeah, see. fingers crossed. Mm. Uh, cool. I mean, we've covered a lot here. You, you know, Easy with Casey Musgraves. That's a pretty cool uh, little take on your record. Yeah, I mean, I just like love Casey so, 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 so much. Um, How do you give notes on that? Do you or do you just get whatever she does and you go, okay, that's it? No, whatever she does. Like, I, I didn't really give any notes. Um it was cool because our parts like sort of aligned perfectly. You know, I think she had heard Easy and then she was going through stuff in her own life and then she like reheard it and it was just like a different time where everything just kind of clicked and made sense and she texted me and was like gushing about the song and stuff like that and how it had, you know, taken on this like new meaning to her. Um, and then she wrote her verse and I was just like obsessed. What does that feel like to get that reach? Like for somebody like that to reach out to you, but not only like say that like th- that they're a fan, but to be emotionally affected mm. by a song or to be understood by a record. I mean, it's really, really, really cool because 
also Casey's like a songwriter. You know what I mean? Like she is like, like that's her craft, and I, in my opinion, she's like a master of it. So it's a huge honor. You know, it's like um, I just really, really admire her, and so yeah, it felt it felt really nice. Angel Baby's out. Mm-hmm. Do you know what song you're gonna put out next? No. No. Um, yeah, no. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I've got, like, ideas, but um, but no. I Yeah, there's, like, cool stuff happening. So it's, like, I, I'm going to be kind of, like, moving around and splitting my time, and there will be 100% stuff coming out. It's just, like, um, it might not be what people expect, you know? I don't even know what that means. N- nor do I, really. I just sort of bull- whole answer got it well yeah. done cool nice <laughs> bravo how many songs do you have finished maybe like three or four like i'm still really early days really really early days and i think a lot of the kind of like the desire to just kind of like keep moving is the music industry first of all has changed so much since i started like i feel like you can kind of do what feels right there's there's less rules um and then also the thing that i was talking about before where it's like australia um, has made me kind of view this in a much more pure way of what it is, which is like do what, again, feels right and do what like feels exciting in the moment. And it's not about like, you know, the rules of this is what you do now and then this is what you do and then this is the right thing to do and then this is the right thing to do. It's like I'm happy to just like kind of keep I'm on this crazy ride and I'm like loving every single day. So it's like I don't want to mess with that, you know. Does modeling come natural to you? Modeling, yeah, you did the Fenty Fashion Show. Oh, um, no, <laughs> like no, like I clearly don't. No, you, you, that's not even. I mean, you, it's not. You my, haven't even called yourself an actor yet. And you did no, and I will never ever call myself a model ever. Why not? I'm. You look good. Thank you, but I'm. I'm just not a model. I. It's just not. It's not me. Um. I mean, it's it's fun. The cool thing about Fenty is like, that's okay. Yeah. Like you know, it's like. I think, you know, I had a really, really weird time over the pandemic with my body. Like, I think a lot of people did. Um, and so to come to a fashion show and be walking in, like, these tiny little chainmail shorts, and that's it. Um, and no underwear, by the way, because, like, it would, it was, like, ta- the chainmail was catching the underwear, and it was, like, making it all messed up. So I was, like, pretty exposed. And I think I would have been that would have been a great source of like insecurity and anxiety for me. Um, but testament to that show and that brand and to Rihanna, I looked around and there's so many incredibly beautiful, hot, cool people all feeling themselves and all feeling like so hot in that moment. And it sort of gives you permission to be like, hell yeah, no, like I love the way I look and like, I'm excited to, to do this. And so I felt, I, I think if it was a normal fashion show, um, I would have probably been really insecure. But in that moment, I, I did feel, I felt good. It's very much like an everybody brand. Yeah, exactly. It's made for everyone. Everybody. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yes. Mm. I was really creative. I think that's like in their like branding stuff. Like when I was like reading up about the brand, they do that. And I was like, oh, cool. Everybody. Gonna... I like that. Yeah. Bravo. If the chain underwear is getting caught on your, like, actual underwear, well... She, like, surely it would be worse to not wear underwear? Yeah, when it no. chain, like, get your penis? Um, no. Okay, so basically, I'm trying to remember what was actually happening. Maybe it was that it was sticking... My undies were too long, and oh, they were sticking, sticking out of the bottom. bottom. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, I think that's what the issue was. And then it was tugging on my, like, hairs on my thighs. That's what it was. Gotcha. Yeah. So were you comfortable wearing the dress to the Met Gala or did that take some building up to? Um, it's so weird because I really thought that that was going to be like uh, a thing for me in my head. I knew that I wanted to do it and I didn't know why I wanted to do it, but I knew that I wanted to do it. And then, you know, I was like, because you only really, the designer's got to make the, make the dress. So I only really tried it on like, maybe two days before. And I was curious to see, like, am I going to feel uncomfortable? Am I going to feel like I'm doing drag? Like, uh, you know, what's the vibe? 
And I put it on and I felt so like myself and so like hot and cool and not in like a, you know, I, I've never questioned my gender. I'm like, I feel very much like a cis man. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't about that at all. And so that kind of, it just like further confirmed to me that it sounds so cliche, but like clothes truly just have no, no gender. And I it like opened my mind up. I'm like so stoked now because I'm like knowing the way that I felt in it. Um, I, like that is not the last time that I wear a dress yeah, for wanna, sure. Not. You, you want to capture it again? Yeah. Like, or it's just like, okay, now there's legitimately no rules. Like whatever I feel the most like myself in, like I was like slinking around the Met in this little dress, like <laughs> you looked amazing talking to people. And I was in these like huge <laughs> shoes, like high heels. And I felt, I felt great. So it's like, I'm excited to see, um, what it's like opened up a whole new world for me. What was the conversation like with the designers? Like, what did you tell them you were looking for? Did you kind of give them free reign to do whatever? Well, so I was working with my stylist, Mel Ottenberg, and we were going back and forth about like, you know, like what does America, you know, mean to us? And um, it, it, there were so many different routes. And I think the one that we ended up taking was, it reminded me of New York and like, I, you know, it, I just, I thought of like chic and like black and white and like Robert Maplethorpe. And um, it was about kind of capturing that like New York light, nightlife feel. Mm -hmm. And like the little black dress is such a classic, you know, like silhouette. And so it just, it felt, it felt like it ticked a bunch of boxes. But then I also wanted to kind of, um, I wanted to sort of toughen it up a little bit. And so leather to me is like, you know, when I think of, um, leather, I think it's, I think it's really American. And, and so we put on this like kind of kinky, like leather armband. And so it felt, it felt like as an outfit to me, it felt like queer New York. And that just was a cool, a cool sort of sect of American society that I wanted to play into. Um, yeah. You talked about, you know, never questioning your gender, but please correct me if I'm wrong. During the pandemic, was there a phase where you publicly questioned your sexuality? As a joke. Well, actually, joke. I mean, like... Mm. People took it seriously. People took it seriously. No, 100%. I was kidding. Um, I I definitely have, like, felt... Um, I, I think the cool thing about coming out when I was 14 is similar to, like, the way that the dress just did for me. It just sort of, like, bashes down any potential barriers. And so the truth is I completely am a gay man. I, I identify as a gay man. I feel like a gay man. But um, at the same time, I just don't care. Like, uh, you know, I, like, have drunkenly made out with girls and, like, I, I just don't care. Yeah, it's boundless. I understand that. Like, yeah. Once you, yeah, once you get rid of those boundaries at 14, wear a dress, whatever. Right. Like, what, like, what the f*** else? Like, it, it doesn't matter. Who gives a it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's the right way to live. Uh, I did see you had a little bit of trouble learning how to use the bathroom in the dress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you have to, like, lift it all the way up? Is that what that photo was? Yeah. So, I mean, the full story is that I was, like, going to the bathroom. I bumped into Tom Daly, the British diver, on the way. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go pee. And he's like, okay, I need to pee too. So we go to the bathroom, and the door is being held open by Rihanna. Of course. You know. It does. Yep. She was, like, the door woman <laughs> at the Met, apparently. You give her a little tip. Um, the bathroom attendant. And I go in and there's like all these really cool people in there and I'm like freaking out. And it was right after I'd filmed the Fenty show. And so first of all, I'm like, thank you for her, you know, opening the door for us. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. Um, and then I was like, oh, by the way, I just walked in the Fenty show and she was like, oh, I know, like, you know, whatever. We were talking about that for a bit. Um, and then just to kind of like prolong the conversation because I'm talking to Rihanna, I was like, how do I pee in this dress? Like I, I've never worn a dress before. And she was like, just hike it up. So I pulled it up and stood at the urinal and I was peeing. And then she said to Tom Taylor, she's like, take the photo, take the photo. And so he got this photo of me. Um, and that's just like a special memory that I have. And if that photo didn't exist, I think I would have convinced myself that that was all a dream. Yeah. It sounds fake. It sounds so fake. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And I don't expect anyone to believe me. <laughs> yeah. We do. Thanks. There's proof. Yeah. Anything left? 
Nope, just looking through the Instagram, see if we got anything else we could talk about We've on here. Covered a lot here today. Yeah. I really want more music from you. You're gonna get it for sure. It'll come when it comes. Yep. Patience is a virtue that I'm figuring out how I can acquire it. Mm. So I'm trying to figure out patience. So yeah. Slow and steady. Slow and steady, for sure. When's the movie coming out? I don't know. We we're out to film festivals right now and we'll see where it lands. Exactly. And then yeah. Look at we'll this. See. Angel Baby is the current single. Mm-hmm. Also, listen to you with uh, Tate McRae's on there, Regard. Are you surprised by the su- success of that record? Yeah. Very, very. I mean, I, I know that I love the song. Like, I just have never really had, um, like, a song do that well at US radio. And I was also in Australia the whole time. So yeah, I didn't you did know. no work. And by the way, all the other songs here, you did yeah. a bunch of work for right. and promo. So at that point, it was just like another reason for me to be like, you know what? Whatever's meant to happen is going to happen. And I can't predict any of this. So Correct. I'm just going to like do what feels right and hope for the best. Do you write on that or do you just take somebody else's lyrics and make it, you know? I'm trying to think. Did I? I mean, I definitely didn't write the whole song. That's yeah. why I'm having to pause. I, oh, you know what? I made some like structural changes. Um, but I didn't. I didn't change any lyrics or anything like that. And obviously, you don't meet any of them. Have you met? Tate? I've met Tate now. Um, She's great. So nice. So nice. Um, I've never met Regard, and nor is she. I don't, has anybody? Yeah, I. I think. Um, I don't. I don't even know where he lives. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I would love to meet him because we've had this like amazing moment together. But um, I think he's in, like, Eastern Europe, and I don't know if he's ever going to come to America. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I never even did, like, Tate and I did a million Zoom interviews together and stuff, and I never did one with him. So I would love to meet him and, like, say thank you. If you're watching this, reach out. Please. Trace Vaughn, thanks for hanging out and giving us time today. Really Of course. Thanks for having much. me, guys. I haven't been to therapy, and, like, I feel like I just, like, word vomited, so I'm a bit nervous, but it's all good. Anything else you want to get out? <laughs> no. No, we're done. I am. <laughs> yeah, let's shut it down. Joyce Savant, everybody. Thank you very much. Hey, beautiful human. Thanks for joining our conversation today with Joyce Savant. Subscribe to our podcast, please. Share with those you care about, and let us know who we should invite on our couch next. At Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. Please be safe, hug your family if you can, don't go to jail, and have a great day. I'll talk to you soon.